is an intro. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to Okay Fine, I'll Watch It, the podcast where I, your host Rahat Sani, discuss incredibly popular media that I've never seen before and I'm watching for the very first time with someone who loves it. On today's episode, we're talking about Paddington and Paddington 2 with screenwriter, journalist, and loud and proud fan of Paddington, Cormac O'Brien. I hope you're ready, folks, because it's about to be a jolly good time. (laughs) So without much further ado, let's jump into it. Folks, this week joining us, we have journalist and screenwriter Cormac O'Brien. Cormac, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm super excited. I nothing better than waking up knowing that I'm going to talk about Paddington later that day. That's all I ever want. Honestly, fair enough. I, a lot of the stuff on this podcast, I have actively avoided. Mm-hmm. Um, we can bring up Star Wars. We can bring up the, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. We can bring up some of the many other things that I still haven't done. Like literally, I might still be putting off certain things, even though I've signed <laughs> up for this podcast. Like I need to start on Marvel because there's so oh, gosh. many yeah. fucking movies and tv shows now there's so many tv shows too and it's gonna take me a year and a half to just get through fucking marvel (laughs) but i'm like still kind of putting it off because i've just been busy and you had messaged me and pitched paddington Mm -hmm. when i first started like talking about like things to watch and as soon as you said paddington i was like that's fucking brilliant because I haven't seen it or I hadn't. Seen well, you know, it. it's funny because you see I haven't actively avoided it. But I when I because I recommend it to a lot of people. I don't want to I don't want to pretend that I'm not <laughs> out there repping Paddington. I am. And a lot of people are always a little like, well, it's a kid's movie. I don't really want to watch a kid's movie. And I get that. Really? And I get that. And I say to them, like, listen, this is more than just a kid's movie. These are great movies. So I'm, I'm glad you weren't actively avoiding it. I'm glad you were open to it because not everyone instantly is. Well, that's good to hear because, yeah, as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, I haven't seen it, mm-hmm. but I've also I've heard great things. In fact, I think I tried to watch it once um, with some friends in theater school, um, but I got too high and fell asleep. So, well, I, didn't, so I, I didn't end up watching it. <laughs> I remember enjoying the first like 45 seconds a lot. Um, and then I was passed the fuck conked. out. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely conked. So I'm so glad that I got a chance to watch them this time. And I'm also glad that there was two of them because they're also they're not that similar no they're not at all which i like as far as like sequels go it didn't feel like it was just pulling at the you know just like dragging along the storyline of the first film Mm -hmm. or wasting any screen time it still felt like a very solid second movie and by the way for anyone who hasn't watched paddington 2 i tried so hard to watch this movie for free yeah yeah it's i tried so hard to watch this movie for free and eventually i had to give my money to amazon because they were the only people that had it which boo but anyway (laughs) but i had to eventually rent it and now i'm like guys guys to my family i'm like you have 45 hours to watch paddington 2 but that means you have maybe 24 hours to watch paddington 1 because we still have access to it and you need to watch it um i i've I've never met anyone who hasn't watched it and recommended it to someone else it is it's truly one of those films where as soon as you watch it you go oh i see what people were talking about no 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 please listen to me i was on your i was like you you need to watch this film (laughs) it is it's absolutely one of those movies i was like you once yeah (laughs) and now you need to watch this (laughs) 
Honestly, that's sort of how I feel is like you recommended this to me so passionately and now I am you. Um, and now I'm going to be recommending it to other people passionately. So good work. Thank you. Well, listen, I, You're so I truly, I, I, I've made a very conscious decision to make Paddington my brand. And so far it's working. And I don't, I don't <laughs> so, intend on stopping. Hey. You're literally on a podcast talking about Paddington today. I think that you've succeeded in every way. Agreed. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about this freaking film. Let's talk about the first one. Well, when was the first time that you watched it? And why do you think you love it so much? Oh, man. So Paddington's been around. So just to give a bit of backstory, I guess, Paddington Bear, the concept that was a book, uh, came out 1958. Uh, called uh i've got it down right in front of me uh oh, you're so researched i did i did i, I, I did my it. paddington research um <laughs> the book was called a bear called paddington it was written by a guy named michael bond um and it was like it's a huge phenomenon in england like you know it's a real mm-hmm. part of the cultural dna there kids growing up usually will read paddington bear and it'll be a real kind of integral part of their childhood i never read it i don't think i, I probably did at some point but it never was like a oh i love paddington bear growing up I had other, you know, other shows and books that I really liked. So I knew who Paddington was. I knew like the very basic, he wears a raincoat and he likes marmalade. But when the film came out, like I, I wasn't like, a, oh my God, there's a Paddington film. I need to watch this. I don't remember the right. first time I saw it, but I think it would have been someone like me. Someone would have just recommended it. And I would have seen online like, hey, have you guys seen the new Paddington? Because it's like way better than just a kid's film. It's a really, really funny film. Um, right. And then I, I would have sit down to watch. I might, you know, thinking back on this, I wonder if I even Paddington 2 had come out and I thought, oh, wow, this is doing really well. People really love this. Maybe I should watch Paddington 1 too. Paddington 1 right. as well. And then, watch, <laughs> right. and then watch Paddington and Paddington 2 and thought, oh my God, I'm obsessed. So I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. All I know is that Paddington 2 especially, but once, once I sat down and watched them, there, I just, I think I have a thing for phenomenal kids movies. I've always loved movies like the iron giant is one of my favorite films uh have you ever seen chicken run i i remember chicken run like i remember posters of chicken run but i don't think i've seen yeah it. it's one of those films i think a lot of people are traumatized by it it's like claymation oh a lot of people like oh gotcha. hate that kind of stuff but it was, yeah, yeah it's yeah. always been one of my and i like i love rewatching it even now i find it hilarious so i love kids movies just in general that are very well done and for mm-hmm. me it's just the perfect example of like just super accessible humor there's there's no like there's no one is like i don't know it's so cliche to say no one's getting hurt by this but it it truly is just it's uplifting in every sense of the word there's like there's no there's just no downside there's no reservations you have while watching it it's just it's beautifully written first of all from a writing perspective it's phenomenally written it's like 90 minutes both films are just like perfect we love that yeah absolutely it's you know um and it's just, I think it's just so feel good. It is just, you cannot be upset while watching these films because the main character of Paddington is just so obsessed and so like being nice is just built into him so much so. Yeah. It just exudes from him that you just like, it makes it makes me want to be nice. And that's, I want to feel like yeah. I want to be nice. And that's just such a lovely feeling to come away from a film with. Honestly, I, I totally get that. Because one of my things this week um, with deciding to do Paddington was um, I just want to have a moment to just surrender to joy. Mm. Like it's so easy to be like angry and sad and worried about the world. And I, I think all of us always are, how can we not be? But also like with these films, I was like, I just, you know what? 
this seems like it's just going to be a good time. Yeah. Like I'm just going to watch them and be happy. And then I'm going to walk away and I'm going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And why can't I just be happy for a moment? Let's just do that and see how that goes. And it was amazing. It's, beautiful. it's such a, yeah, it's great. And it's, it's not as though like there are some films too. And I think this is a really important point as to why, like it's so much fun to rewatch. And it's not just a, like, there are great kids films out there that aren't great adult films, but, yeah. and like Paddington is so feel good and it's so just great vibes, just good Paddington vibes the whole <laughs> just time. Just good fucking vibes all around. But it's not like there's no stakes. Like, it's not like it's boring. It's like there oh. are serious, like, it's a film. Like, there are serious, like, Paddington's in danger. Paddington could die. Oh. But Paddington almost chokes, like, several. Like, oh, they yeah, almost yeah. kill him, like, many times. Yeah, yeah, we have lots of, like, close-up taxidermy, like, threatening moments. Oh, God. Um, yeah. And yet... She's... She's hard, yeah. She's five seconds away from, like, cutting that bear open at the end of the first movie. So it's not as though it's, like, feel good and boring. It's, like, it's high stakes. It's exciting. But at the same time, the solution is always so feel good. And he always, and it's, like, just, I I don't know. It's, it's It's incredibly impressive. Like, it's hard to be both. It's hard to have high stakes and still feel good the entire time. But it, the, the movies totally nail it. Absolutely. And I, you know what? I One thing that I've always had an issue with is when people think that a movie is just a kid's movie mm-hmm. and um and then there's like this thing of like no it's not just a kid's movie it's actually a good movie and yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. children deserve good movies yeah, also. Totally. i completely agree <laughs> children deserve films that are good yeah. and and every once in a while you watch a kid's a movie intended for children and then you're like damn this is just an all-around great film i had that moment when i watched um i had that moment when i watched my neighbor totoro for the first time last year it's like it's a gotcha. it's you know, it's a kid's film. It's super feel good. But, you know, the mother is dying. Like, that's a huge part of the film and the stakes are high. But, yeah. again, there's just so much love in the film itself and so much love that you can tell. And that's, I think, a huge thing with Paddington too. You can tell that everybody making that film was loving every second of it. And it just yeah. permeates that film. It's just, and you, you, it's infectious. You can't not feel the same way. There's something, there's something, yeah, magical mm-hmm. about about that much love being poured not only into the film but also that the intention of the film and the intention of these characters is so loving mm-hmm. and like Paddington's just walking around just looking for love yeah. and it's so uh, and he's and he's sharing love all yes. the time he's helping people and trying to help people even in his even in his like n- misunderstandings he's usually trying to help people um and I I love I love that in the first film like he's becoming accustomed to the ways of life in London. Mm-hmm. I love the scene on the escalator where he like he's he's like, oh, you have to hold a dog, of course. And then he goes to like find a dog to hold on the escalator. And then he's fully confident on the escalator. He's like, great, now I'm doing this right. I, um, I I love that you know he's figuring out how to be in London. And um, what I think is so cool about this film, do you think that it's like a big ass metaphor for? immigration because i sometimes think it's a big ass metaphor for immigration oh yeah i think 100 percent. i think both films are to some extent i think the second one is a little bit more explicit about it but um i mean when when michael gambon wrote this film or sorry when michael sorry michael gambon's an actor well michael bond (laughs) he is in paddington that's why his name is in my head that makes sense um when michael bond wrote his book back in the 50s i mean we were, you know, super, not very far after World War II and, and a big inspiration for what he wrote was images of evacuated children on the platforms, you know, with, yeah. with name tags on, just like, I don't have a family anymore. I need someone to pick me up. And that's, I think that's mentioned in the first film too. I think Aunt Lucy it says is, yeah. like, hey, this is what this used to happen in England. Like it'll happen for you. So 
there's that setting of like World War II era immigration and refugees. And then obviously, you know, this film getting made nowadays, that's just a reality of our world too. And I, I think they're completely aware of it. When the second film is made in 2017 and 2018, I mean, that's sort of at the height of Brexit discussions and, you know, talking right. about Europe and multiculturalism and immigration and what do we want this country to be. And so uh, there's a great review from a film critic called David Ehrlich who calls the film a refute of Brexitism. Um, and it's totally true. It's like, you know, in Paddington 2, I mean, I'm assuming spoilers are sort of a given with this podcast. I, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. I would hope so. If anybody hasn't seen Paddington 2, go rent it on Amazon Prime, I guess, <laughs> uh, before you listen to this. <laughs> because I, I have a hard time avoiding spoilers when I want to talk about yeah. films. So go for it. But there's yeah. literally like the clim- one of the climactic moments in the second film is we literally see a group of people gather around a car and all push it together. Like there's no, it, it's, I mean, it's sort of heavy handed in a way of like, if we yeah. all work together, this is what can happen. But it's true. And it totally is. It's about, uh, it's about, you know, him, there's, there's so many parallels, him coming, not quite understanding the customs, not quite understanding how toothbrushes work and, and learning about that. But at the same time, Paddington doesn't just, you know, become English and cynical. He brings the light and, you know, joy of his life to other people and makes them better for it. So I think there's totally something to be said for, you know, that this is what, this is what immigration is like. This is what multiculturalism looks like is when we're all benefiting and we all become better for it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of like overt otherness done by like Mr. Curry's a cop, like hundred percent. Yeah. There we go. Like, yeah. Fucking <laughs> Mr. Curry's the biggest cop, even though he's not literally <laughs> a cop, but any man who elects himself as like the security in charge of a neighborhood yeah. to give people tickets for standing around too long. I'm like, you're a fucking cop and, and we hate you, Mr. Curry. <laughs> um, but, but it's so funny to me how like, there's so many overt times where he's like, oh, these undesirables coming into the neighborhood. Yeah. And like Nicole Kidman as the taxidermist in the first film is like, oh, it always starts with one. Yeah, exactly. Totally. They t- and it's just like very overt, like racial talks, yeah. you know, and immigrant, like immigrants coming into your neighborhood. Like who are these nasty bears that we don't, that totally. we don't know coming to start their jungle music in our, in our <laughs> Windsor Gardens, which by the way, Windsor Gardens would absolutely benefit from jungle music. Yeah, agree. Well, it's a super, I, I mean, the, the family is, white middle upper class it's a you know london the london that paddington enters at least in the first film is you know rich neighborhood like it's yeah so totally it's 100 percent supposed to be like hey all you people who actually live in windsor gardens and are terrified of this happening you're missing out because this is this is what it's like and you guys are just being stuck up racists for no reason absolutely and i also think about the way that like the bears were discovered mm-hmm. by yeah, totally. by the explorer. Like I mean, that's a whole other thing, right? The like the explorers going to ex- ex- explorers and the heaviest quotations yeah. going to different places to find not only different species but of course different cultures. Um, and and there's the fact that this one explorer was I mean for, about to kill a bear like immediately. That's like right off the bat. He was about to kill a bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like he was about to kill a bear, saw beyond that because he had the opportunity to because the bear saved his life. And and then he came back without a specimen. Mm. And that scene where they have that flashback and the other explorers or geographers or whatever are literally like, how could they be civilized? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did they speak English? Do they play cricket? (laughs) Do they drink tea? And honestly, I've always thought about how like, you know, if Americans have exceptionalism, um, the British have superiority. Totally. 
and the Canadians have politeness. Like there's there's these cultures, um, the white majority that run that believes they are in charge of these cultures, like they have a thing mm -hmm. where they believe this is the thing that makes us better than other people. And I think for the Brits, that's this like inherent superior superiority in their civilized totally. <laughs> again, heavy quotations yeah, around yeah, the yeah, word yeah. civilized. Um in this like civilized attitude that they think they hold because it's the same attitude that has led them to you know m mass murder billions of people across the globe and and yeah i thought it was so interesting and so cool the way this british film um pointed f like fingers at its its own culture basically to be like what does it mean to be civilized mm -hmm. You know, why are these bears con like, of course, we as the audience know what they what the geographer meant by civilized. Um, but the definition of what civilized and like cultured and intelligent mm -hmm. means to the rest of the British people uh, and to these rest of these geographers is very specific. Totally. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it's incredible, isn't it, to be talking about this and then to you sort of step back and you think, but it's just like. But it's just a kids' film. Like it's it, yeah. it's, inc oh, it's yeah. incredible how complex it is. Um, yeah, you're completely right. The the sort of Brit white British notion of civility is completely taken on and completely dismantled. And and it's and it it you know it gets shown how ridiculous it is. I mean, I think even uh, like uh, Mr. Brown in the first film is the you know the risk uh, or no, I think it's the second the risk analyst. The second right? or he's probably I guess he's both. But yeah, in both yeah, films yeah, yeah. he's the risk analyst. And you know, very they're very both they're all stuck up, they're all proper, they're all prudy, um, and they're just like totally taken down a notch by someone they completely underestimate, and just and then realize, oh, maybe if we you know got off our high horse, oh, it turns out this it's like you know we're not superior and we shouldn't be and we don't need to be, and it's yeah, it's it, look how much nicer it is down here, yeah, it's absolutely yeah, it's it's really it is it's an incredible. And and you know what? It should be said too. Not that there is anything wrong with, um, like I you know I think people complain about heavy-handedness a lot in movies, which I think sometimes can just be, well, I didn't like the political message, so I think it's heavy-handed and I think it ruined the movie. <laughs> which that's yeah. not a good criticism. But you have like I think it has to be said that it's overt in Paddington. Like you can't really miss it. You if you and I are watching yeah. the film, you can't miss it. But it is also like it's just fits it in so well and it is so you can tell they didn't put it in afterwards this was always going to be the message of the movie and it's yeah. just integral to who paddington is who that character is and his relationship to the world it's just it's yeah built in with every fiber of the film and it, and it really shows it's its messages are so cohesive and so beautiful absolutely and i like i think the 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 way to do it that that works in this film is the fact that like I, as an adult, am watching this film. I can pick up on these things that are quite explicit. A child watching this film may not pick them up as explicitly, but the messaging is still there. Totally. A ch a ch any child the, who watches you know, it will still understand uh, if you're kind and polite, the world will be right. Like, that's... Yeah. Anybody gets that. Yeah. Anybody gets that. Anybody gets like, oh, this person looks different from me, but that doesn't mean that they're lesser. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. That doesn't mean they can't be welcome here. I always I I, th I keep thinking about the the when you come to England you are sure to receive a warm welcome mm. or whatever that the the geographer says, and it made me think a lot about like immigrants and refugees coming to places like England and Canada and states and other places in Europe as well that you know were often fleeing from things like disaster the way that Paddington was, and and they come to a place hoping for a better life and are faced with um 
not so warm a welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's built in. It's, you know, the fact that Paddington is so surprised with the London that he arrives to, that it's not the fantasy that they had, which is true. For, I'm sure a lot of people go through that realization, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to a better place. We're going to build a new life. Oh shit. Everyone here hates us. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a thing a lot of people go through. So like there's something there's something like cathartic and cool about seeing like this little bear who he didn't know he didn't do no wrong. <laughs> he just wants to be nice. He just wants to come here and find a home. Like why is everybody being so mean to him? Yeah. Like you know, there's something about that that I think a child gets and hopefully can internalize into applying it into other things totally. that are bigger than this magical bear who talks. Which also the fact that he talks and the fact that he talks in the way that he does um have you ever read trevor noah's um born a crime no i haven't great book um i didn't read it physically i listened to it on audiobook when i was healing from lasik (laughs) (laughs) but but i i listened to his book i listened to it like more than once because it's fucking incredible um and and he talks a lot about his life growing up in uh as a like a half like a mixed raced child in apartheid Mm -hmm. in south africa which of course like extremely intense but one of the things he talked about in the book that has always stuck with me is about how in his experience in his life the greatest barrier between people is not the color of their skin but the language that they speak Mm. because when you speak to someone and you can understand what they're saying you know you're talking to a human right and it 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 changes something about the way that you're talking to them however when you meet someone and they don't they don't communicate in the same language that you do. If you can't communicate with them, they're less human to you. It's easier to treat them worse. Mm. And I think it's kind of interesting that the one barrier that Paddington doesn't have is language or accent. Yeah, it is. He is. It's, I mean, it's an incredible, Ben Wishaw, the voice actor has a very posh, posh accent. It's a fun fact, actually. I don't know if you knew this, but the original voice for the character was uh, Colin Firth. Oh, they originally had oh, interesting. A, again, oh, I mean, another very super posh English voice. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. But they changed it like five months before the film was set to go out. They changed it to Ben Wishaw. Um, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a very, very interesting point. Is he does he does sound like he grew up in white middle upper class England? Um, yeah. So yeah, you're right. I yeah, for sure. I think that's I think that, I just think it's like a cool like I mean I don't think it makes it problematic or anything I just think it's like an interesting I just think it's an interesting like choice because that's the one thing that makes it possible for him mm. to be seen as the like everybody else is the fact that he can talk like everybody else and then that makes me think about how many people don't yeah. talk like everybody else and can't sound like everybody else and how that affects their lives and whether or not they even as humans would or would not be accepted in Windsor Gardens mm. you know um but that brings me to movie number two. Um, I mean, we and like we haven't even got to the prison industrial complex yet. I mean, oh, right, <laughs> right. We gotta save that for movie number two. Oh my god, I loved Paddington too. It's it's Paddington is a beautiful film. It's a beautiful like it's a great film. Paddington two is genuinely one of the best films ever made, and I'll I'll die on yeah. that hill. Which, by the way, before we start talking about Paddington 2, tell me about Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Tell me what's well, been going on. Well, this is controversial, obviously. Um, uh, of course. So Paddington 2 comes out in 2018. It's universally beloved. It, people love this film. And it, again, it's one of those films where I just, I've never met anybody who says, oh yeah, I just didn't like it. it everyone, I've, no. Everyone's just like, oh yeah, I was, I, was, like, I was either pleasantly surprised or I fucking loved it and I'm never going to watch anything ever again. 
Right. Um, so on Rotten Tomatoes, which is obviously like this review compilation site, it's it does really, really well. Uh, for the first three years of its existence, it doesn't get a single negative rating. It's got 245, I think, positive ratings from reviewers, which is wow. unheard of. The only other film that has such great reviews is Citizen Kane from the 40s, I think. Another Right, white... which is a black and white movie featuring all white people, I'm assuming. Yes, yes, correct. Uh, yes, definitely. And is actually very <laughs> boring, in my opinion. I, I understand <laughs> that it's a, I understand that it's like a bastion of the film genre and set, you know, it was incredibly uh, progressive for its time in terms of like filmmaking, but it's a, bo- right. it's a boring film and it's too long and Paddington 2 is better. Anyway, <laughs> that's the only other perfect film on Rotten Tomatoes until someone discovers an 80 year old negative review of the film. And so, and now all- an 88, zero, 80 year old, 80 year old. Someone had written ages ago and Rotten Tomato adds it to their website. So now, oh. C- now Citizen Kane is no longer a perfect, quote unquote, perfect film for Rotten Tomatoes. The only one oh. is Paddington 2. You were talking about Citizen Kane. I thought you were talking about an 80 year old <laughs> review for Paddington. I was like, how did they do that? They time traveled to just fuck up the legacy. They just knew. So, of Paddington? So Paddington has... So now Paddington is top dog. If you check out my Twitter, you'll see the, like, Paddington <laughs> posing over the grave of Citizen Kane. Paddington's, like, the <laughs> only movie now on Rotten Tomatoes that was perfect until... And now this is the, the next twist in the tale. Someone... Apparently he's... I mean, if you look up quotes from this guy, he says that he disliked the film since it came out. Whatever, man. He puts <laughs> a negative review of the film on Rotten Tomatoes and drops it from 100 to 99%. So now there's no perfect film with that many reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's just like... No. There's on. nothing good in the world, I guess. Well, he is the he's a Paddington villain. Like, that's, that's such yeah. an unnecessarily mean thing to do. Like, you could just let the people enjoy their little yeah. film about a bear. It's not very polite. It's just not very polite. No. Uh, uh, you know what? Aunt Lucy would not approve. No, she wouldn't. He deserves a heart. And if I saw this man, I'd give him the hard you stare. You would give him a hard stare. He deserves one. And he, he clearly hasn't yeah. got one. So, yeah. Disgraceful. He, he des- yeah. You know what? He deserves to He deserves to go make pastries in a prison. Yes. Um, Agreed. As, as you know, things go in prisons. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the prison sweet prison got me laughing out loud. Is- when they made a banner that said that, I could not hold it together anymore it really speaks to like okay this is i'm i'm a i'm a pisces all right i'm a very sensitive i'm a very sensitive person i really and i've always found this way i've always felt bad for villains in movies i've always like you know when they get the comeuppance at the end i've always thought oh it's a bit harsh like i could see what they were going like i mean it depends on the film obviously but for the most part especially kids movies villains who were never that mean to begin with um i always feel bad um, and you sort of feel a little bit bad for the for Nicole Kidman in the first one. Obviously, she's being very rude and trying to kill Paddington, um, but she's got some childhood trauma that she's trying to work through, and no one should really begrudge her that. But in the second film, I think what's incredible about it is like every single character gets redeemed. Like there's no one loses in this film. Even yeah. like we, the majority of the film is in prison, and yet every character in there is treated like such again love and respect as everyone else gets in this universe everyone has their own story they all have these like amazing abilities which in this case is to cook and dance and sing and it's just like oh i just love it it's so lovely yeah absolutely i i do love the way that you know it's written like very clearly we know paddington is innocent Mm -hmm. um but the rest of the characters there's no allusions to whether or not they're innocent or guilty and it doesn't matter matter. they're still people yeah they're still humans and they still deserve to have a little cake 
Absolutely. Every once in a while. And a bedtime no, story. I, yeah. And a bedtime story. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about Paddington too. I think it's I think it's like you said, it's so well done. Mm-hmm. Like it's so um the commentary on the prison industrial complex and like the fact that these you know I mean, it's very clearly like fuck the cops yeah, a little bit, um, which we love mm-hmm. because um, they put Paddington in a little police hat in the first movie and he caught he caught a thief and good for him. But I liked in this movie, they're like, but of course, he's not a cop, no, no. though. Paddington says Paddington's not a cop. Paddington, he's, ex- too wonderful. Think, he's too lo- lovely. Yeah, he's Paddington. I think Cannon says a cab. Yeah. Oh, as he should. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think it's great that they're like the police didn't even try to to like do an investigation no. which um is accurate <laughs> <laughs> which is like often how the police works um and and they're just like caught the guy who was there yeah and i i, I wrote down a phrase i don't know what i wrote but i think i wrote like bare racial profiling <laughs> um, which, <laughs> i was like they just caught they just saw a bear and they're like obviously it's the bear and i'm like where's the book if he's the guy who stole it where's the book you guys it's incredible it's flawed from top to bottom what are you guys doing you're just trying to put a put a poor little bear behind bars by the way he's a child (laughs) why is he in a prison with full-ass men it makes no sense but i i mean i'll forgive anything in this movie because i love it so much but i think it's really really funny that they just take like a child cub like a little baby cub i don't know that we know how old paddington is he could be actually you're right about that he could be 25 and he just looks that cute but it's a good, That's true. It's a good question. It is a good question. Yeah, I mean, at least in the first... What, okay, also, because we see him as like a baby at the beginning of Paddington 2. We see him getting saved by uh, by Aunt Lucy. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's unclear how much time passed between that and then the earthquake. Mm-hmm. Because they just say, like, many years. And I'm hoping whatever. that they'll so, address this in Paddington 3. Because it's a question I sure hope so. on a lot of minds. Is there going to be a Paddington 3? It's in the works. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh, happy day. I know. I'm so excited. Wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> I've literally, that made my day. Because I, I mean, I would hope that as I saw with Paddington 2, it wasn't so much just like a lot of, there's a lot of sequels out there. There are. Yeah, there there's are. There's a lot of fucking sequels in the world and they keep coming. Yep. They don't stop. Hollywood's like, you know what you want? A new movie? No. no. A sequel. Fast 34. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually, yeah, it's Fast and the Furious 48. It's Toy Story 12. <laughs> it's like, it's just, hey man, just make a new movie. Um, But no, I, I, I appreciate that Paddington 2 did not feel like like a money grab mm-hmm. it felt like a like an, a completely new original movie just with characters that you recognize and i also love that they realized that like people of color live in england well totally and we get a much we get a much different england in paddington too we you know yeah. we get um oh there's a name for the I, there's a name for like the gardens where not windsor gardens but like where the shop is and like that whole area. I don't remember the name. Of it. Is, and I think they refer to like a Portobello Road. Yeah, I, I think you're that, right. I think but... it's Portobello Road. I think you're right. Where we get like, you're totally right. It's a far more multicultural England. Even on the street, we see more neighbors. Yes. They're from different parts of the world. It's terrific. Um, I love there's like a brown guy and he calls him Buddington. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> I am obsessed with him. I'm like, please come back on screen and just say Buddington. <laughs> I love you, sir. Come back. Um no, I, I love how many more people of color were in that. Because also, like, London is a very, very multicultural place. Oh, yeah. Like, 
I've been there many times. I have family there and um, there's a lot of people of color because we've been going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like we've been showing up to London <laughs> the way that Paddington did. But for like the last 150, 200 years, yep. at least, if not longer. In fact, much longer, probably. But the, the film just like the scale is like 10 times. It just it goes up in terms of again, in terms of stakes, the stakes are higher in terms yes. of like the characters we like you've got 10 times the amount of characters you've got 10 times the amount of multiculturalism because again i think where's the first film the first film is about acceptance for sure it's about we see paddington he's different from us but that's a good thing and we love that about him and he makes us better and we we take him in but the second film is like okay yeah yeah it's really easy to like take in this really cute bear who's got this beautiful little cute english accent and who's really sweet to everyone but it's not just Mm -hmm. about him it's about everybody else and it's about the whole community and it's about the whole neighborhoods and it's about everyone who's in prison and it's about everyone who lives on the street and it's just like it just ramps it up so it's not just about accepting Paddington it's about accepting your neighbors and it's about accepting your community and that's such a beautiful place for a sequel to go to it's so absolutely the the writers of this film I mean are just so clever it's just it's so well done it is and like not even to bring up the fucking like the the animation, oh, the visual gags, just like the pure the pure comedy of the let's like there's so many there's just so many good jokes, the amount so many good punchlines of setups and payoffs in the film. I yes. I remember I, during the pandemic I've done obviously quite a bit of writing. Just I was like employed for, unemployed for the first six months, so I did a lot of screenwriting, and I re- I watched Paddington just explicitly with I bet I even have it in this notebook here, but um. I want to see if I can find it because I bet I can. Um, I just watched it to note. Okay, here's the setup. Here's the mm-hmm. and here's the payoff. How many times yes. does this movie set something up and pay it off? And I mean, it's in the dozens. Like the amount of oh, just like yeah. one-off jokes they make at the start of the film that come back for the ending and play an integral plot. Like as far as screenwriting goes, this movie is as good an example of phenomenal screenwriting as you can get. It's incredible. Yeah. And so it really is. Yeah. Oh, actually, I do have it here. <laughs> I've got every single like plot point. Oh my god! Thing written down. I, I I love this film. I cannot say I cannot say that enough. <laughs> no, you're like the perfect person to be on the podcast talking about uh, it. That because like I love that. I love that you kept track. Also, like as a screenwriter, that makes a lot of sense for you to be conducting that level of research for it. But but yeah, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Like this. Yeah, it's fifteen to twenty. Just like payoffs from jokes. It's it's yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. It is. It's and it's so it's so fucking like crisp. Like there's mm-hmm. no there's no time wasted no. on anything. Like no part of it feels like we're we're like, oh, why are we here? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's why are we doing full, this? Just like plot driven comedy. Oh, totally. And I was talking about that with like the Matrix when I was talking about it. I was like, there's just so much like, okay, like can we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we can we move it along now? I'm kind of I'm getting tired of this of this punching and kicking. Um, can we just go move along to whatever the fuck happens in the story <laughs> next? Um, but yeah, there's no like even though there's jokes and gags and like there's like shenanigans and hijinks <laughs> is what I would call them. There's <laughs> like so that, many that. hijinks. So many hijinks in this movie, in the, both of the movies, um, and I love every second of it. Yeah. But none of it feels like wasted time. No, it's it's all and everything furthers the plot. Yeah, one hundred percent. There, there, literally isn't a wasted gag. And even if even if there was a wasted gag in the first film, they bring it back in the second one. You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. You've, yeah. you've even done that. Like it's brilliant. Absolutely. And I so in the second film, I 
love that the bad guy is just like an old actor. Yeah, and there's the um, brilliant, brilliant little line from Julie Walters is Mrs. Bird. Uh, when it zo- kind of zooms in on the close-up, and actors are the most despicable, despising <laughs> people in the entire world. I literally, I literally wrote it down like word for word because it cracked me up. Like, I love it when actors shit talk actors, like when their character shit talks actors because I'm like, ah, it's so good. Because also... Um, you're not wrong. Let's put that out there. I'm an actor and I'll say some <laughs> actors are despicable and evil. Um, but literally she's like, actors are some of the most evil, dangerous people on the planet. They lie for a living, <laughs> which I've, I've like joked about that being my job. I've, I've literally said to people, yeah, I'm an actor. I just, you know, professional liar. Yeah. Um, and I, which is, it's not untrue. <laughs> It's not. Listen, you lie well, though, and that should be said. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Not everyone can lie as well as actors lie. Agreed. And also, I mean, here's a pre- pretentious thing to say. I say that when we're when good actors are acting, they're not lying; they're telling the truth. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Hugh Grant is amazing in this movie. He is I love the perfect love washed-up actor. He really, really is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because also, like. I don't th- I don't think of Hugh Grant as being washed up at all, but I I love him in this movie and his fucking like how perfect is his like oh I'm gonna do a one man show with all the characters I've ever played, <laughs> which is like totally a thing that a washed up actor would do, and like he has no money obviously, and his fucking oh I just I love every second of it of him being like playing Hamlet and <laughs> playing Macbeth, <laughs> doing little. Uh, but that but listen this is, is so good. this is what is incredible about this film and this is a this is a perfect example of what we're talking about in terms of like not a gag wasted uh we are introduced to hugh grant as the villain we see him in his attic with all the characters that he's playing it could have been so easy for them to just introduce the fact that he has this attic full of costumes a for like a character detail to prove that he's obsessed with the past but it there's two plot uh, functions. One, because we know he's doing the, on-man, the one-man show with all these costumes. So there's a plot mm-hmm. explanation for why they're there. And then not only that, they could have left it at that. But secondly, he uses them as uh, like disguises to get into the places to steal the, yeah. uh, the, the treasure. The things that he's got to steal. So it's just like, it's so layered. It's- <laughs> it is. It's like, it's like the perfect like villain backstory yeah, where it's like, it is. not only does he have the motive, mm-hmm. of course, but he has like the way to get there. He has the costumes to make it happen. And like the, oh, I love like a disguise, a disguised villain. Like I yeah. love a villain who's like a spy and like dresses up in different outfits. I like, I've always wanted to play like a, a spy <laughs> who like goes into different, like different places and like just, and just changes like one item of clothing. And now you like, the, or like puts on his pair of sunglasses, a wig, and you're a different human. The flip like, I fucking love that. When he changes yes! from nun to priest is so good. Nun to priest. It's so good. It's so fucking good. So oh, that moment I was like, yes, yeah. like I want to, can't wait to watch this shit happen. And I like, he's a, he's a smart villain. He is. Which I like as well. And like, not that um, Nicole Kidman wasn't. I think she was too. But she was terrifying. Yeah. And I and I, I think it's like so interesting the way, which also like great casting for Nicole Kidman in that mm-hmm. role. Like she's got those icy eyes. She did a great job. She um, um, she almost, uh, sorry, I'm just going to chuck another bit no, of cool, padding to trivia out. But she, uh, I was reading up on this and she, uh, her agent almost turned down the part without telling her because <gasps> she like, she was like, oh, the, Nicole Kidman doesn't want to be in a Paddington film, but turns out she's like right. a huge fan. That's why she did it. Oh, yeah. nice. And she did amazing. So good. Amazing. I love her little blonde bob. Yeah. Um, it looks so fucking sick. Uh, but yeah, with, with the second film with Hugh Grant, like I just loved that, you know, he, 
a like in real life is such a great like well-known actor globally that it's perfect casting Mm -hmm. for the film yeah and he's and he's so like great at being like manipulative and and the evil professional liar that um, Mrs. Bird thinks that he is. Mm-hmm. Also, I love Mrs. Bird. Oh, she's brilliant, Julie Walter. It's yeah, such a so such a great character. She that's the mom from Harry Potter. That's yes, yeah, the right? Weasley, okay, the Weasley's cool. mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, she looks so familiar. I know I've seen her before, but I couldn't place her. But the, um, you said her name. The cast is unreal too. We should say in these films. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. He's the, the the dad from uh, Downton Abbey. Yep. Sally Hawkins right? okay. in her second. Yes. Like, she's really, really pulling out the like working with fake creatures niche. Like she's really nailing that from like The Shape of Water to Paddington. She's yes. A plus, Sally. It's, it's, it's a unique niche, but it's working. And then Harry Potter reference to ML, uh, Aunt Lucy is Imelda Staunton, who is Professor Umbridge. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yes. Wow. Playing Professor a much Umbridge. nicer character. Oh, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Umbridge was the scariest of all of the fucking Defense of the Dark Arts teachers. <laughs> the scariest. A woman in pink making you etch something into oh, your skin. God. Things got dark. Horrifying. Those, those middle that, Harry Potter oh, movies. Oh, that movie was the scariest to me. Yeah. I know there's a lot of death going on in the later <laughs> movies. I know. But, like, that movie with this, like, I don't, I, like, barely remember the final ones, to be honest. Yeah. But, like, that movie is etched into my memory. The way she was making people etch shit into their skin. It's like, a- it was great villain great villain. oh great villain just like sweet but so scary <laughs> like that's the that's my nightmare that's like white women out in the work field like that that's what they're like okay friends we'll be right back i mean i think i've got like most of the my pressing questions about paddington going so like tell me what are what is your favorite like behind the scenes or like trivia or shit that you know Ooh. about paddington whether the series or the animated things or anything else Anything else you'd like to share that you want people to know? That's a really, about that's a really good question. I dropped most of them. The Ben, the changing out the voice thing, I always thought was super interesting. How they went with like a more childish sounding voice, I yeah. thought was was interesting. Um, man, in terms of like favorite facts about it, uh, they had a little Paddington puppet on set. I know that, so it wasn't like just Aww. a little green thing. Like they had a Paddington there, which I think is very cute. That's really cute. Like someone was like constantly there, like playing yeah. Paddington with their hand. I, th- I, th- I love that. I don't know if it was a hand puppet, but uh... I want it to be a hand puppet. I want it to be like a sock puppet. Actually, <laughs> I want I want like Hugh Bonneville to be acting across from a sock puppet. Yeah. Um, I would, want footage of that. That would be terrific. I think what I also yeah. love about it too, and I think this speaks to. I mean, maybe I'm ascribing some, maybe more credit than the film deserves, but also likely not. Um, there's so many lovely cameos in it. Um, the director Paul King, who again. A phenomenal director, judging by these two yeah. films. I mean, it, yeah. the, the balance of the tones, like, we're, and what we're talking, we are talking about commentary on the prison industrial complex, the commentary yeah. on immigration, on, and you know, these are f- serious topics. And on f- racism, on racism, yeah. yeah, and the fact that this guy threads the needle so well, beautiful. He is an English director. He directed this really bizarre kind of surreal comedy series called The Mighty Boosh in England, which I knew growing up, and it was always way too weird for me. Um, but he has a lot of friends who are like kind of veterans of the English comedy scene. Um, the uh, the security guard who has an obsession with Hugh Bonneville in drag. Um, oh my God, he comes back and he's, I think I'm like, someone free this man. He's just gay. <laughs> just, <laughs> do you really love people in drag? Just, that's fine. Totally. That can be your type. And you know what? I'm going to say that's maybe where the movies get as close to problematic as they'll ever get. It's a little... Yeah. 
uh, done the like man who loves man and drag sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. We've seen it before. I will, I will say, I don't think the films are explicitly like mean about it. I think the scenes are funny yeah. beyond just, oh, haha, he's a bloke who likes other blokes. But I will yeah. say, if I was to change, I mean, the scenes themselves are very funny. And he, I, what I was going to say, that actor is the writer on the film. That's why he's in there. Oh, he wrote, co-wrote it. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. That's, that's always, like, I don't, I think it's, I think it works within the world of the film. But if, if someone was to say to me, yeah, I didn't like that, I would go, yeah, I see why. I think it's, yeah. it's yeah, a little yeah, touch yeah, totally. and go. But so he, the writer's in the film. Um, there's a tiny, like a, you, I didn't even notice it until I watched, I'm, and I'm sorry to admit this on the podcast, but I have watched the director's commentary cut of these films. Oh no, that's exactly the kind of um, shit that I would expect. But there's a shot when they're escaping from the prison in the hot air balloon. Uh, we see like a momentary shot of a security guard and he is a very famous English comedian called Tim Key. Um, the guy mm-hmm. presenting evidence at the trial is Richard Ayoade, another very famous English comedian. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just think clearly this director has been like, oh, dude, you're my friend. You should come hang out and we'll put you in the film. Like, and I think right. it just speaks to like the good vibes. Like if I could, yeah. if you could put me on any movie set in the world, I, that one would be up there because I think they just were having a blast. And I think, and I think yeah. you can tell that. I, I truly, truly yeah. think you can. Absolutely. And I, I love that there's so much like unity and empathy and kindness at the core of these films Mm -hmm. and and like you mentioned like I didn't I wasn't sure what year the second one came out but the fact that this was all happening at the height of Brexit when you know otherness is sort of at the core Mm. of of Brexit is like we are us and they are them and we're separate now yeah. <laughs> um and also that like so much of it came from like wanting to reject like refugees and and immigrants and all this stuff like otherness i think goes beyond like specifics to britain or anything else but but i think the fact that this movie tries to fight otherness and tell you that like hey we're we're not that different you and i mm. There's a really, uh, there's a, it's a tiny detail, but I, again, I wouldn't put anything past these directors. Um, The shop owner who we meet, Jim Broadbent, another great Harry Potter alum, as everybody in England is at this point. Uh, I mean, it's not that special. I think everyone and their mom was in Harry Potter. I mean, I was in Harry Potter, obviously. Um, Yes, I was too. I was, (laughs) I was the Patel sisters. I wore those ugly ass fucking outfits. Um, I played them both, but yeah, go on, (laughs) go on. Um... Yeah, the shop owner talks about him coming to, he himself coming to England as a refugee in the second film. And he, he mentions that he mm-hmm. came by train, um, which a, a lots of um, a lot of, you know, the refugees would have uh, back mm-hmm. then. But I think it's important to note that Paddington comes by boat, which I mean, that is how a lot of refugees are getting to England, too. Is, yeah. And, and just in general, you know, places like Italy and stuff on the coast. I mean, it's a tiny detail in it. I'm sure there were probably refugees arriving to England in boats too and in, in ages ago. But like the film is it is tackling a modern the modern issue of immigration. It is yeah. not tackling the nineteen forties issue of immigration no. the way the first book was. It's a very modern and current film, which I think is yeah. so admirable. And the fact like they could have just made a cute children's film that was funny, that people loved, but they clearly sat down and said, you know what, we're gonna take the values that this bear originally stood for we're going to apply them to the 21st century and we're going to make we're going to put them in a really fucking good film that people are going to sit down and really want to watch i just think it's so good and i'm just blown away by everybody who did it i, I, I yeah it's brilliant Absolutely. it's brilliant and 
I think Aunt Lucy says at one point, I think close to the beginning, she says, you know, there was a war and children were left to be picked up by, you know, and other families took them in. I'm sure they haven't forgotten how to treat a stranger. Mm. And I just, you know, like the movie at the end of it. I I know. I like towards the end of of the film, you know, I just I I walk away with the hope that people do remember, Mm. you know, what it means to be to be vulnerable and to be new somewhere and you know, they, they remember what, what kindness means and how you treat a stranger is important. Yeah, it is, it, it is, this is the kind of film that, like, that's, that's the kind of British I want to be. That's the kind of English I want to be. I want to yeah. be the kind of British that is, that is polite and lovely and kind to everybody, you know, regardless of where they've come from, rather than this stuck up, stuck in our ways, uh, you know, white English ideal that, so many people seem to have in the 21st century and so you know mm-hmm. that has been put uh put to the forefront and so to see a film that that it just personifies what good what goodness is i think is just it's yeah. so important for people to see i think it i that's like it's beyond just hey this is a really good movie you should check it out it's like hey this is actually going to frame how you live the rest of your life and i think you should really watch it because of that yeah, no, I I absolutely agree with you, and I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm on the on the fan train now. Like yeah. I, I'm with you, and I'm I'm out here trying to get people to watch this movie too. I know I, I I truly I I don't know that I have ever made a friend without recommending that they watch Paddington, which has yeah. then subsequently lost me friends. But um, hey, th- yeah, this one this one you're not gonna lose, Cormac. I'm with you. I'm so glad I'm with you. We're watching this movie forever. Uh, now the only last thing I have is like. Would you say there are, I mean, you are clearly a huge fan of Paddington. Would you say there is a gr- like a community, like a grouping of people that would be like Paddington fans? Or oh, do you yeah. think we're just everywhere? No, no, no. I, th- I think, or do you mean like, are there a lot of us or is it a very concentrated group? Well, I guess what I mean, yeah, sure. That as well. And also like, are you on the message boards? Like, oh. do you hear the, do you hear the goss? Like, well, I what's men- up? I mentioned Letterboxd to you. Yes, uh, yes, you did. This film review app. There's a big, it's, Paddington's big on Letterboxd. I will say that. And there's like a, definitely a little Paddington Twitter. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm in there yet, but I'm hoping that this is what gets me there. I'm hoping yeah, that ho- hopefully this, is, this is proving will, my cred. Uh, oh my God. It's, it's going to elevate you <laughs> on the Paddington charts. So this is sending you to the top. You're going to be co-vice president of Paddington in North America, at least. I, hope, I, would I better be. For you. I, but I, like, yeah. I, I truly think that it's, it's one of those communities that is like, if, if, Everyone who watches it recommends it to someone else. It's it's just like total word of mouth. Like, please, this like everyone who watches it. Like I said, because it is so deep and it addresses so many things. It's like it's hard not to have it become a part of your identity after you watch it because you you know it can really change the way you perceive life and you know can change your outlook on things. Yeah, and I you know for some people I hope it does. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Well amazing i feel really excited to share this movie with more people i'm gonna try and get my family to watch it within this <laughs> rented period that i have on amazon because i don't want to do it again i don't want to pay them more money um but yeah i i love this film i love what it stands for i love how fun and light it is and i i like 10 out of 10 no notes is where totally. i'm at like I, yeah we've just i and i think I think you've nailed it too. Like we've just spent a, a, the good part of an hour talking about the incredible, the themes that it, the heavy themes that it touches on brilliantly, but yeah, it is the funniest. It's one of the funniest movies you'll ever it's watch. It's so fucking good. It's just funny. Like it's just funny and light. And like, while it made me think about these things um, while watching it, 
it, it was never so heavy handed. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm with you on the like, I don't need it to be so explicit that like, this isn't, this isn't a PSA. Like this yeah. isn't a PSA totally. about refugees. This is uh this is a film intended for children Mm -hmm. it's it's got animation in it it's got amazing visual gags it's got so much comedy just like coming out of it just freaking oozing out of it (laughs) and like so many great characters and and brilliant performances and it's just a it's just a fucking jolly good time it's just brilliant it really truly is i i'm a huge fan and I can't wait to introduce more people to it. I think I think it's a good way to to you know connect with someone and be like, see, this is. Do you get Do you get it though? Do it's you a, get it's a great how- barometer. Do you like Paddington? Yeah. You don't like Paddington? Okay, I'll oh, see. I'll cool. see you later. All right. See so ya. Yeah. yeah, that's gonna be my first date question now. <laughs> it's like, hi, how you doing? Do you like Paddington? <laughs> oh, you don't. Okay, so I actually I have to go help my friend oh, I'm right so now. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I gotta go watch Paddington, but it was yeah, really lovely I, to meet I'm you. So, I actually I, I have a different date where we're watching Paddington, <laughs> so I I gotta go. Can't hang out with you any longer. Um, Sweet. Well, it has been a blast chatting with you about this movie. Um, is if there is there anything that you want people to take away from this discussion uh, before we wrap it up? Oh, man. I, just go watch it. Just go watch, it. Go I, watch I, it. And listen, I'm the kind of person, everyone tells me, hey, Cormac, you got to watch this film. You got to watch this film. And I never do. And I understand that. I understand how yeah. someone telling you to watch a film, intrinsically, every muscle in me goes, don't watch it. Oh, dude, that's literally why I started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because too many people have told me to watch too many things, and I've said, no, but this, I won't. This is the one. I'm, this I'm is, doing it now. This is the one. Yeah. Go, oh, yeah. Go watch this film. I would say before you watch anything else I've made a podcast episode about so far, oh, go watch Paddington. Dude, I'm just, that's yeah. That's oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Easily like my I mean, I said this about Avatar last <laughs> like last episode that that's like my favorite thing I've watched so far. Turns out my thing is like kids content. But, but I hey, whatever. I'm owning it. Um, but yeah, no, before you watch. I mean, you could watch Avatar also and also Star Wars and the Matrix and et cetera, et cetera. And Marvel and all the things that are out there. You can watch them all. We're in a golden age of <laughs> TV and movie media. But go watch Paddington first. You won't regret it. Agreed yeah alrighty I'm just gonna say a big old thank you uh, thanks for being here it's been a pleasure thank you so much for ha- anytime anytime to talk about Paddington if I if anytime. I want to talk about Paddington again I know who to call you've got my number alright team I hope you enjoyed our discussion about Paddington as much as I did a huge shout out of course to Cormac for being such a wonderful guest seriously these films brought me a lot of joy and so I hope I've only spread that joy further and not destroyed it by taking a film about a bear way way too seriously (laughs) as always I want to hear your thoughts about Paddington or literally anything else which you can share with me through the OK Fine community discord which is linked in the bio of the podcast Instagram. The Instagram, you ask? It's at OKFine. I'll watch it. By following the Instagram and joining the Discord, you can stay in the loop for what I'm watching next. And of course, you can recommend things that you think I should watch. Spoiler alert, I might listen to you. Finally, please remember to subscribe to the podcast or follow it so that you don't miss an episode and rate and review if you liked this episode. That's everything from me. If you join the Discord, I'll see you there. Okay, bye. Bye.